Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Embracing Chaos podcast. Today is a special episode with my friend, Caitlin Houston, who actually has coronavirus. So we are going to talk all things coronavirus, as well as her process, what she's learning and everything in between. I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. Well, hey, Caitlin, so happy to have you join us today. Hey, how are you? I'm doing okay. I am so interested in all your story and what's going on, but I do have to say first, you were the person who started my GoFundMe account when I (laughs) I got diagnosed with cancer. So that is how I know Caitlin. We haven't met in real life, but the move made me closer. (laughs) So, you know, maybe one day, but we did meet through Instagram. So she is just another one of those gems on Instagram that is so wonderful. So let's jump in. And I want you to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, So as you said before, my name's Caitlin. Uh, My last name's Houston. I say that because I am a content creator for Caitlin Houston blog which means I'm a blogger Um, (laughs) and a very good one. (laughs) I, um, I've been blogging for a little over 11 years and it's just changed over time. Um, aside from that, I'm a mom. I have two little girls, Annabelle and Eileen. They are six and three. I have a husband and a cat and I live in Connecticut and (laughs) (laughs) I spent some time living in the South that I feel like kind of shaped a lot of the content on my blog, but I am a born and raised New Englander, which has also helped shape my blog. And you are one of the people that I've asked so many questions (laughs) to, and I'm sorry, Okay. (laughs) but I had so many blogging questions because a lot of people, you know, they'll either have just the blogging or just the Facebook page or just the Instagram like content creator, but you had, you had it all. And so I was like, uh, she's my girl. Like I need to ask her all the questions. Yeah, so, I get I'm asked sorry. a lot of questions. No, it's okay. I, I do consultations on the side, but I also answer a lot of questions. I used to be a teacher, so it's that inherent wanting to educate people on things. Yeah. I'm also curious by nature and nosy about what other people are doing, so yeah. I find out other people's business by helping them do this. Then it's a good setup. Yeah, it works for both of us. So I know that you recently got diagnosed with COVID. COVID. Yes. And I am so interested to hear because I know how awful it's been. And I shouldn't even say recently because now you've had it for how long? Tomorrow will be 30 days or oh one month gosh. since I tested positive, but the 22nd of um, April was one month since my first symptom. So oh my gosh. I had that seven day period where I didn't know what I had going on. Okay. So Um, yeah, just jump in and tell us about it. Sure. Um, so my first symptom showed up on, uh, March 22nd. It was a sore throat and sort of a feeling of fatigue, overall fatigue. Um, I have horrible environmental allergies. I had spent all day um, the day before outside. And so I just figured it was that built up pollen and, you know, whatever else is in the air that makes me sick. And I was actually telling in my Instagram stories, I kind of don't feel good. It must be allergies. And my husband simultaneously is sharing on his Instagram stories, like joking, my wife has coronavirus. Because at this point, it really wasn't as serious as it is now. It Even though people had it here in Connecticut, right. it hadn't hit where I live. I don't live in a hot spot. I'm an hour away. 
um, from where most of the cases started. So it really wasn't where I was living. It was kind of just this hee hee ha ha, which like drives me crazy that I thought like that. Um, but so that Sunday I felt crummy Monday. I was like, okay, I'm okay. Took some allergy medicine. I took some extra allergy medicine because I take some every day, regardless. I take it before I go to bed. I'm on two different prescriptions. Monday, whatever. I was a little tired, but I didn't think anything of it. Tuesday, I woke up and I'm like, I don't really feel right. Something's off. I my body hurt in a way that it hadn't hurt in a long time, and so I started making up more reasons. I'm sore from all the exercise I've been doing. I'm achy because I tried a new ballet class. My head hurts because I've, I mean, I went through this whole list of why I was feeling crappy Mm. and my dad called me to ask me a question and I started coughing mid sentence and I was like, I'm sorry, dad, my head hurts. And he goes, you should call your doctor. And I was like, why? And he said, you know, think about it. You, this came out of nowhere. And I was like, no, I'm okay. And he's like, just call your doctor and tell her how you're feeling. So at this point I hadn't taken my temperature and I was freezing and I was under a heated blanket and my husband was like, this room is so hot. Did you turn the heat on? And I was like, yeah. And he's Uh like, you're cold. And I was like, yeah. So I get out a thermometer and it's like the, of course I can't find the one that works. Yeah. You know, (laughs) parents just never have one that works. And I am like by the book 97.5. Like that's always my temperature. And it said 99.1. So I was like, okay. This is a fever. Uh, Um, And it started like every symptom you could imagine just started coming on really, really fast. Suddenly I was, I was under the heated blanket, like literally in my husband's lap, having shaking, my whole body shaking with chills going, I think I must have the flu. I must have the flu. So I get on the phone. I do a teledoc appointment with my, or tele virtual. One of those like virtual appointments. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever they're called. Um, (laughs) And she goes through all my symptoms and she's like, it sounds like you have the flu. Let's start you on Tamiflu. Cause she had asked me if, where I had been and I'm like, nowhere. Yeah. Have you been out of the country? No, yeah. <laughs> no, I went to target. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, and my daughter at this point, it's the 22nd, 24th. And my children had been out of school since the sixth. So we really weren't going anywhere. And so I start Tamiflu. And my symptoms just got worse and worse as the day went on. Um, by that night, my, I, from the, my fingers to my toes hurt. Uh. Not even like a flu ache, but like everything was on fire. I couldn't get comfortable. I, I was crying. I, my chest felt weird. Everything just was wrong. So I posted on Instagram stories, I don't feel good. I have the flu. And I had like probably five people be like, do you have coronavirus? I'm like, no, where would I have gotten that? Yeah. (laughs) I don't have coronavirus. And then some people were like, well, you live in Connecticut. Everybody has it there. And I'm like, no, I don't live near those people. I don't have it. Right. And because there was a sense of shame at this point that if you had this virus that like Hmm. It was embarrassing. I, you yeah. don't want to tell anybody because, oh my gosh, what if I do have it? I have to contact everybody I've been right. in the last week. And <gasps> right. My neighbors, like I ve- live in a very social neighborhood, like they're going to put a, a scarlet letter on oh, my house. Oh gosh. So <laughs> I, I had all these thoughts and I was like, you know, I'm going to call my doctor. So the next morning I call my doctor and I said, you know, I actually feel worse. 
I thought Tamiflu was supposed to help you in 24 hours, but I am declining fast. I am scared. I have never been this sick in my entire life. And we did another video appointment and she asked me to stand up and I, and I like grabbed the wall and I was like, I, I can't. And I laid back in bed. She's like, can I see your fingers? So I had to show my fingers up to the screen. She's like, your nails don't look blue, do they? I don't see that they look blue. And I was like, no, she was okay. Well, if the Tamiflu, if you're not feeling better, then it sounds like this might not be the flu and I want you to get tested for coronavirus. So I sort of felt a sense of relief, like, okay, maybe that's what it is, you know? Mm. But also this extreme amount of terror, like, oh my gosh, what if I have it? Um, She's like, I have to submit your name to a hospital and they will um, call you and make you an appointment to go to the drive-thru and get tested. And I'm like, wait, I thought I just drive up. And she's like, no, like, there's so many people right now trying to be tested. There's a process. Fast forward, it took, that was on Wednesday. I got to go on Sunday and have my test. Oh my goodness. That was a whole other experience. Just very waiting. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, and I lost my sense of smell. I lost my sense of taste. I, I had started this weird cough. I was short of breath. My, I had a low grade fever. I mean, it was, it was so textbook that at this point I thought if I go get tested and it's negative, then what is wrong with me? Right. Okay. So what about your husband and your two girls at that point? So that's the question I'm asked most is like, well, were you social distancing from your family? Were you in quarantine, isolation, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I was, but I wasn't. I right, have a their family. Right. right. I'm a three-year-old. <laughs> How do you tell your three-year-old you can't walk into this bedroom? And the day that I started feeling symptomatic, like really sick, I remember her taking a drink out of my water and my husband being like, no, you don't feel good. Why would you share your water? And I'm like, you, she's three. If you cannot control her. Right. Right. Um, So I did my best to stay away from everyone. My husband brought me food. He slept in my daughter's room since I started feeling sick. He slept. Thankfully she has a queen size bed. Yeah. That's nice. (laughs) Yeah. The, the three of them bunked up for two weeks. If I came out of the bedroom It was like a, I was just exercising my legs basically for two weeks (laughs) and they stayed away from me. Like I had the plague. So they haven't, they didn't get it. They're all good. So Fast forward. We're almost at 40 days. No, neither. None of them had symptoms. Um, my husband had a, had a virtual appointment with my doctor to do like a complete evaluation of his health, um, and asked a million questions and just like, like double check. Right. Right. And she's like, nothing. You have, you have no sign. So walk us back to when you found out then. So okay. you go on Sunday, you go through the drive through Yep. They said five to seven days. So, oh, like, I, so I've, <laughs> I've already been sick for a week and a half. Oh no. Yeah. I've already been sick for one week. And now you want me to wait another, another week. week. And Look how you're I, feeling. Oh right. my gosh. And at this point, actually, I'm, I'm on Tamiflu. And then, um, I finished the Tamiflu. I started amoxicillin because she's like, I think you have a sinus infection. I'm, I have chronic sinus infections, so I get them all the time. So I actually got the call Wednesday morning, three days later. And she was like, uh, I want you to know your first test came back positive. And I was like, what do you mean my first? And she's like, well, they do 
the nasal, the nose swab and the throat swab to get one test. And that, and if that say it was negative, then they have the backup test, but mine was positive. So they're like, all right, here we go. It's happening. So I was started on the mega Z pack, which is, um, the azithromycin and it's, it's like a triple dose of what you normally take. And I started that and it was like three days later she called and that's when the um, Plaquenil was like, they're pushing that. So now we're going to start you on Plaquenil Oh too. my gosh. In addition to feeling like poo, I was on two medications that were like- Experiment. <laughs> experiment, not only experimental, but making it feel worse. So, um, you know, I finished both of those I'm almost at the end of my Plaquenil and my oxygen, I start experiencing these little oxygen drops where I'd be like talking and then start to see blackness. And then I'd check my oxygen and be like, wow, we're at 93. So my doctor sent me to the hospital to go to the ER and have a chest x-ray. And this is what's really interesting because my chest x-ray was great, but they said the second they heard me cough, that was like, she has coronavirus because the cough is so distinct. Wow. um, And they said, we can't do anything for you here. You're still on the the Plaquenil. Um, Your oxygen is fine while you're sitting in this room. And um, your immune system is so so at risk right now that you're more at risk sitting in an emergency room. Hmm. Even though we have you quarantined, like I was in a glass cage, you know, we want you to go home. And so I was like, okay. So I go home. Did you drive yourself? No, my husband drove me there. And that was one of the most terrifying drives because the whole time I was thinking was everyone who goes to the hospital dies. I mean, at this point it was like, yeah, hear these success stories. You just heard people go, they get stuck on a ventilator and they die. And that's, I mean, you talk about, you know, we want to little talk about relationship with God. Like that entire ride, I was like, don't let this be my ending. This is not my ending. Yep. Like I am begging you. Yep. And my husband didn't even hug me by because one, he doesn't want to touch me. And two, he told me he didn't know what to do because it was yep. like, I'm driving you here and we don't know what's going to happen. Yep. I so, have totally been know. there. Like I, I totally get that. That's why I'm crying because I just, I get that feeling of, you know, like for me being on the operating table and it's like, okay, bye, you know, hope every, hope I wake up, hope everything's okay. Hope not. I don't hope I know who you are when I wake up, you know, just like these, all these random things. So talk to me about the process of like actually walking through that and then coming home and realizing, okay, there's not much else. I can do besides sit here and pray that everything's okay. And that I get over this, like what have, what's your spiritual life been right there? So I ended up coming home feeling terrible, going to sleep and waking up with shingles. <laughs> so, what? Yeah. Um, and I've had them before, so I knew what it was. Um, so that, that was just, <laughs> that, then, you know, I got started on being sick with that. Uh, um, you know, I've always been somebody who does like a routine prayer at night. Like do my, you know, I, I grew up Catholic. I, I, I went to church, but not every Sunday, you know, it was like yeah. when, when I'm supposed to go to church and I made my confirmation and then I went to college and it's like, 
there was no Catholic community where I was. So that, that was that. And then I married someone who's Baptist and doesn't go to church every Sunday. So it became a very internal, I don't talk about it kind of thing. And it was, you know, I always do my thing at night. I say my prayers, which are usually like, I say, it's funny. I had this routine and our father, a hail Mary. And then I pray for everybody and everyone I know, usually some specific things thrown in there. Like anybody I know that's suffering. And then I, and I do a thank you for letting me have another day. And then that's it. And like through the difficult periods of my life though, I have found myself talking more openly to God, Mm -hmm. but during those off times, I have not Hmm. through all of this. And most recently within the last week, my mother-in-law and I have been talking a lot and she, if I ever had to pick a spiritual guide in my life, it is her. She said, do you ever wrestle with God? And I was like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) You ever bring up what your challenges are and say, why are you doing this and Mm -hmm. speak them aloud? And I'm like, well, no, I do it all in my head. She's like, you have to wrestle with him. And I said, why? And she goes, because the evil is that darkness in your head. And that's what's saying, you're not going to make it home from the hospital. You're not going to wake up the next morning. You're going to stop breathing. If you walk up the stairs too fast, you have to speak those things out loud and bring it to his attention so he can help you because you can't be silent. So throughout this process, I'm learning that, and even if it's just a whisper, (laughs) I'm talking a little bit more. So as I said to you before we started this, like, why am I going through this? And on one hand, I think that maybe he's having me do this so I can be helpful to other people, which Mm -hmm. is, I have had so many people reach out and say, thank you for making your story public because I just found out I'm sick my uncle's sick or my neighbor's sick and I want to understand this a little bit more or I feel alone and you're making me feel less alone. Yeah. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is maybe it's bringing me, giving me a better relationship to God that I've never had. I was just going to say that is, I mean, I think for sure, both of those, of course, I think God uses our pain in such far off ways that we don't even see the ripple effect in this life. And we just have to trust that he's using it. And the fact that we do have tangible things in front of us of like messages or encouragement from people or whatever that, you know, God is at work. You also have to, you know, look at, look at your walk with God and how much it's blossomed. And the more you're talking to him, it's huge. Yeah. And sort of, you know, it actually, and And it literally was yesterday that I had this realization that, you know, my, I've been a fair weather friend to God, (laughs) you know, I'm like, Hey, I need you right now. But you know, yesterday I was fine. I'm I'm learning about forgiveness because I'm like angry a lot about, at a lot of people right now. (laughs) And I get angry about a lot of things. Um, and I'm feel out of control. And I'm learning that I have to surrender this feeling and this need to control every little thing. I think that this virus is teaching me that I can't control everything because this virus is controlling me right now. And I, whether I want to believe it or not, I don't have the power to make it go away. So 
there are a lot of other things in my life that are the same, that it's little things that I want to control and I should have this power over. And sometimes it's a human and I don't have that power over them. I can pray to God and I can ask him to help me and to help that person, but I can't be angry with that person for being who they are. Yeah. So maybe if I want to, if I want to, you know, get all into personalizing this virus, (laughs) I want to be angry at it, but I can't. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I so get what you're saying on so many levels. It's like hearing myself talk like last year when I was going through all this stuff. (laughs) Yeah. You, you probably wanted to personalize your cancer and be like, oh yeah. I am blaming this crap on somebody. (laughs) I want to make you an actual person so I can yell at you. Yeah, like, so I can punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah. But I'm learning I can't I can't do that. Yeah. So there's so many layers that I feel like I'm just it's it's like I'm just peeling back something new every day. Yeah. You know, whether it's giving myself more grace, giving my children more grace, um, learning about m- my OCD tendencies, learning about my temper, learning about, um, the, the satisfaction in being able to turn off the noise in my mind Mm. in different ways. And I think what you said before about surrendering is the like pinpoint of all this stuff that you were going through and just knowing, because I know too, you've struggled with like the whole mental health, depression, anxiety, like all that stuff too. And just being able to learn these things that you're learning right now about yourself and about God, it's going to seep into every area of your life. And it's so, I know it sucks right now and I know it's horrible and I know you just are wanting to escape this place that you're in, but you are in such a beautiful place with the Lord. And that is worth more than anything. And I love seeing that. And I know it's obviously I don't love seeing that you're having a hard time. Like obviously no one does, like no one wants pain in their life. No one wants struggle, but to get to that point for you, it makes me so happy for you on like this, on the spiritual level. You know what I mean? I think a lot of, you know, people who are blaming, like they, you just want to blame someone for what's going on right now. Like, you know, and, and maybe somebody is blaming God for what's going on right now. Personally, I don't think it's his fault that there's no. this virus going around. <laughs> That's um, good. <laughs> just like, I don't believe that, like, you know, I did something wrong to deserve this. Right. A lot of people turn against faith during difficult times because they're like, why, how could this happen? Right. Um, I'm grateful and thankful more than ever that. I am alive. Yeah. I think more than I've ever felt in my life um, to say thank you. And I'm not, you know, yes, you know, maybe if I die tomorrow, everybody's going to be mad. But <laughs> I mean, let's not right even now, go there. <laughs> no, I know. But like, I know my right now, my, my yeah. own mother, who is one of those people who struggles with faith for so many different reasons, told me that she's she prays every single night that I feel a sense of peace and calm. And it's like my mother-in-law is doing it. And all of these people I don't know are doing it. And it's, I can feel this energy. And I think that's what's kept me out of that dark place that 
That's Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It truly is because that I, I keep describing it as a darkness and I've always been very cognizant of when I am on the edge of falling into a anxious panic depression mode that I can go into. I'm always very like aware of it, which kind of sucks because sometimes I wish I didn't know I was feeling like I'm losing my mind. Right. Um, but this time is different because there is so much energy around me pulling me away from it. Mm -hmm. And I do truthfully, honestly believe it's the, it's, it's people praying for me. Yep. And I also believe it's me feeling like my prayers mean something more than ever because. So has this actually changed your view of prayer? Like going through I do. this? Yeah. Okay. Because I'm not doing my little prayer at night. It's right. more of I walk outside and I breathe and I say, this, this is what it means to be alive. And I thank you for this. And, and I mentioned the wrestling thing before. And yep. I, I wrestled with him today. I had a very quiet fight with him. And yep. I felt better afterwards. Yeah. Like, I got it all out. I said Because all that's things. who he is. He's a personal God. And we shouldn't have to be afraid or feel shame or whatever, bringing him all of our emotions. Because he already knows how crappy we feel or how right. shameful we feel or how horrible we feel about ourselves in this situation. Or like he already knows that. And to be honest with ourselves and being right. like, oh my gosh, I need to ask forgiveness to this person, you know, to this person. And I need to get right with the Lord on this. Like it's just brings like that awareness. And you already had, you already had a lot of that with like your, what you were saying, your depression and anxiety, but now it's like even a more spiritual awareness of like where it, you're at. Absolutely. It's, um, it just is, it's a more, it's a more of a overwhelming awareness to, I, I know I am alone right now and I feel very alone. And I, and, and like I said, it's been a very gradual, you're not alone or not alone yeah. kind of thing. Um, and, and giving voice to some of the bad things that I'm thinking and like speaking them aloud is kind of, I feel like fighting it and being like, you're not going to win. You're not going to manifest mm-hmm. in my mind, this evil, like, let's say it's the devil telling right. me, you know, but like, yeah. you're not going to win because yes. I just said it out loud. Yeah. And I just, you know, it's, it's not happening today. I've never, like, I always tell people, like, I don't talk about politics and I don't talk about religion because I don't want to offend anybody else. And you know, I still am not going to talk about politics and religion on a platform basis, but I do feel more comfortable saying I have asked God to let me wake up yeah. tomorrow morning yeah. because I've not been sleeping and I lay in bed until one o'clock every night. And right before I finally like can go to sleep, it's like, I have to just unload. And I never used to do that. It's like I yeah. said before, I do my little prayers and then all right, I'm off to bed. I think it's good that you're getting to that place though, because I think it's, I think it's good to be open about those things when it is such an important aspect of our lives, if not everything, you know, yeah. like I'm all about the whole, like, <laughs> let's talk about religion and politics all day long. <laughs> but I do understand like coming from like different personalities coming from different backgrounds. Like this is some of this is very new to you, you know, like it you're is. so it's all, it's everybody 
Like there's grace for it all. I think that, you know, religion has always been kind of an uncomfortable topic for me. I, and I know why it's because I don't like to argue with people about their beliefs. So if I hear someone say one thing and you know, you might believe X, Y, and Z when it comes to religion and I don't, then I would just rather not talk about it. Yeah. Like just put it aside, move on. Let's not even talk. Yeah. Like, and, and I don't ever want to be challenged. That's another thing. Like, I don't want someone to challenge my beliefs and challenge, you know, someone could challenge me right now and be like, you shouldn't be sick. And why are you thanking God for being alive when he's the one who made you sick? No, he didn't. Wow. <laughs> like, a virus made me sick. Like, right. that's what happened. I had a couple people say some things like, you should be happy you're alive and you're not dead wow. in a hospital. And I was like, you back it up. Because I say every day on my Instagram stories, I am thankful to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> so, so number one and number two, we are all on a different journey. Yes. And just because I am not in a hospital with a terminal illness or on a ventilator doesn't make my journey any yep. less difficult. Yes. Yes. Than somebody else. And that's about respecting others. And God teaches us to be kind to each other and be mindful of yeah, I'm having a tough time right now, but just because it's not as bad as somebody else doesn't make it any less. Oh, I, oh my gosh. I get so much of this. Like, I remember when people would say, well, at least you got like a good cancer, right? Like you're going to be okay. And I'm like, I'm actually not okay at all right now. So so I should just forget the last. Right. Like, oh, well. (laughs) Yeah. I think people, people really want to see like a on off switch. Like yeah. you're either, you're either so great or yeah. like your life is awful and right. people get so obsessed with one or the other. That's why like I had so many people follow me when I first got diagnosed. I don't know if you see this with COVID, but right when I got diagnosed, like all these people followed me. And then when I like kind of had my last stuff towards like the end of last year and like toward yeah. the beginning of this year. I mean, it just like all these people unfollowed me and it's like, oh, like, she's oh, alive. She's like yeah. she's fine. <laughs> oh, I say that all the time. I'm oh like, gosh. I am not, I'm not growing on social, like on Instagram. It's funny. Like I lose a certain amount every day, but I stay at the same number because it's like someone new found out I was sick. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like so someone, doesn't, someone doesn't really care about coronavirus, so they unfollowed me. But guess what? Janice down the street really yeah. wants to, What's sad, though, is that, like, I am guilty of that. I am guilty of going to look for drama and, like, being hooked to it. Yeah. And what's sad is that a, a lot of people are like that. And yeah. I don't know why our – I don't know if it's our generation. I mean, is it our generation? Probably. Or, I mean, why are we for sure millennials? (laughs) Yeah. Like, and and it probably has to do with our addiction to reality TV and, you know, our parents didn't grow up with watching Jersey Shore or something like that. Right. right. I think we just constantly need, we, we just always need something like we can't just be content. Right. You know, we're we always trying to better ourselves or to find the person with a lot of drama or make everything super dramatic in our own lives, even though it's not, or, yeah. you know, just 
Why can't we just be happy with just being boring? Yeah. (laughs) Because that, because then people won't follow you and everybody's about numbers. Mm -hmm. So that, what I am learning through this, another thing I'm learning, um, is that it, I do, yes, obviously I just said I'm paying attention to followers, but at the end of this whole thing, the people who are still there are the only people who matter. Exactly. Yeah. And if my follower count goes down or my engagement goes down, I really don't care because the people who who are left are the ones who genuinely care about my, what I'm writing. And like, they just weren't the rubberneckers driving by a wreck on the highway. They actually stopped to pay attention and listen and hear what I have to say. And, you know, when all of this is said and done, like, I hope it's a good group, but I'll, but I, I have to be content with who's there. And and I have to say that out loud because, because it (laughs) is just a number. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And the people that you want there will be there as far as, you know, close people that actually care. I mean, shoot, I lost friends, family, all that through cancer. I was just going to say, I was going to say that you probably have seen so many fair weathers who came and then just Mm -hmm. disappeared. Yeah. It was really sad. And I can't imagine no, I can. I understand. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was going to say, you get it. <laughs> no, it's not. But my, you know, again, my journey has not been as long as your journey was. But it's, and, right. I know. But it's still, it's still, you get it. You still yeah, get it. It's yeah. still, it's still a crummy feeling to think, well, I thought we were friends. Yep. And I, you know, my mother-in-law said something good to me and that, that she said that everybody deals with uncomfortable situations in a different way. You have the people who jump right towards it. They're not afraid. They, they, they reach out. They say, how are you doing? Tell me what happened. I just want to know it all. You have the people who are like in the middle and they're just like, hey, thinking of you. And then you have the people who are so scared that they're of what's happening to you that they don't say anything at all. Yeah. And it's sad because we think, well, they I don't keep care. Name Janice, but like Janice doesn't care that I'm sick. Yeah. But I don't know. But I actually don't know that actually Janice is crying every night about it, and she feels so bad, and she just doesn't know what to say. Right. And and I did find that's out that's not all of them though. No, some people no. just literally don't care. And you just yeah. <laughs> and then and then there's the fourth group. Of people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just don't care because they have their own crap going on in their own lives. <laughs> yep. There's four groups. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, please add that last one because I know for I a to, fact that one's there. <laughs> I just got really caught up on Janice's group because I, I, I learned about some of them yesterday. <laughs> but then you do, you have those people who are just like, oh, that sucks for them, but yeah. I got my own stuff. So bye. Yeah. And, and you know what? That's just a relationship that was never meant to be there. Be there. And even if it's a family member, it yep. sucks. Yep. I've but, been there. And I can't, like, I look to you and how you've come so far just from, from the horrible things that happened to you're sitting here interviewing me and you're smiling and you're, you're happy. I mean. And I know <laughs> that there's still pain and sadness inside yeah. of you, but yeah. you are, you are a testament to showing that you can go through hell and, yep. and come out on the other end and still stand. And, and I, that's why I need to talk about every, like, that's why I started therapy this morning because I'm so glad. 
if I didn't talk to somebody, then I was going, I was like walking towards that dark light and being like, I would say, I would say my only quote unquote advice for you during this is don't feel like you have to share everything with everyone just because they love you and care for you. Because I got so burnt out from keeping everybody posted on everything all the time. And it got to like a major breaking point for me. So share what you want. You know, if you want to share everything one day and then the next day, like people are asking you and messaging you and you need another blog post up, like just, and if it's too much, like just don't. And don't feel bad about it. Don't feel like you have to apologize to anybody or explain yourself to anybody. Just don't do it. (laughs) That's, you know, that's something that dawned on me like two days ago as I like literally had a day where I just cried all day. It was all like everything made me cry. Um, And I I went on my stories and like I cried about something and, and then I got mad that I cried on stories. And then someone sent me a message and they were like, I am just amazed that you keep coming back here every day. And I'm like, it kind of helps to talk about it. And they're like, yeah, but today you were so sad. You didn't have to tell anybody you were sad. You could just write it in a message. And I wrote it in a message the next day. And I had all these people DMing me being like, good, I'm glad you're doing this. Please go rest. And and I had somebody message me today. Hey, do you want to do a giveaway? And I'm like, you didn't read my message. Yeah. (laughs) You have no idea what I'm going through. (laughs) I said yesterday I'm not on here. But I mean, you know that you, when when it's a business that it's like, I don't have a door to put a sign on that says Caitlin's closed for X amount of days. Right. You know, it it, it becomes a very sticky situation because you feel almost obligated to tell all these people everything. Because one, it's your business. Two, they're all praying for you, helping you, sending you gifts, like whatever it is. And so you feel, you know, like a sense of responsibility to your followers. But just, you know, pray that one through, talk to God about it, but just don't feel like there's any expectations on your end and that people will be fine if they don't hear from you. (laughs) And it's really good advice because- it isn't about anybody else but myself right now <laughs> and my doctor. So I have, I have the most incredible doctor in the entire world. She calls me every other day. She oh. doesn't just ask how I feel. She like, she's the one who encouraged me to call a therapist. Um, she said to me, every time I call you and you're like, cause I always hit this point of fatigue. Sometimes it's around 12. Sometimes it's around three. Today I was from like 11 to what time is it now? It's like 11 to four. So right now I've got a lot of energy. Yeah. She goes, every time you, you get your energy back, she goes, and you tell me what you did. You did something for somebody else. She's like, you went and wrote a blog post. You went on social media. You helped your kids. You did something with your husband. Mm -hmm. You did, you know, you cleaned the house. She said, what are you doing for yourself during those energizing moments? And I'm like, well, I don't know what I could do. Yeah. And she's like, listen to some music that you like, try to read a book, maybe 
do some, what else? She's like, what else do you like? I'm like, I like to dance. She goes, well, you can't dance right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> little, little shakes. <laughs> so I like, I ordered some stuff. I'm going to try painting. I'm going to try to do other things. But what she, what I took away from this is that I'm thinking about everybody else. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> and people I don't know, like, you know, all those 15 people, those DMs, I got to go answer them. And then I got to post in my don't. story. Right. You're right. I know. And Let them fill up to a hundred. And I know <laughs> I am like, I am horrible at this advice because I respond when I see it, which is, I will That's, check yeah. like once a day, but now I'm starting to go on Instagram way less. But before it was like, I respond immediately. Any of those red circles that notify me that I have oh. like all this stuff going on, I get them done within like five minutes because that's how I am. I can't handle it. Me too. But I finally was just like, oh, well, let them pile. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a really good, it's a really important thing, I think, to, you know, not just us or any, like not someone who's sick, but yeah. like if you're going through a difficult time in your life and you are someone who's in social media, that you don't, it, and just, I'm reiterating exactly what you said, because I have to say it to myself that I don't owe it to anybody to yep. say, Hey guys, here's how I'm feeling today. <laughs> yep. I feel like trash again today. Yeah. This is, you know, but it's like broken record. That's yeah, how I felt. I, I was just like, Oh my gosh, no one cares. <laughs> But I, you know, but the thing is I genuinely did. Like, yeah. And I know people, people obviously say that, that they, they do. And that's like in the back of your mind, what makes you keep going back. <laughs> right. Or, you know, the people who are like, I don't know you, but I live in your town and I check your stories every day to hope that you're better. And I'm yeah. like, what? Well, I, I want to let her know I'm okay. But like, you know, today, today, I sh yeah, today I shared some random stuff and that's fine. And like yeah. tonight I'm not, I, I might post something on my feed that's very happy, like daughter learned how to ride a bike. And that was a something I'm writing on my oh, journal, <laughs> you know, but it's just a crazy world to be so connected to people you don't know and yeah. feel obligated to people you don't know. And at the same time, feel alone. Yep. I get that. And I think if I, I got to even a point where it was like, if I posted something happy, then people just made their own assumptions like oh she's she's great now yeah. like that must mean surgery went well right that must mean treatment went well that must mean blah 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 and it's like yeah. actually not true <laughs> no I, I mean that's this you know I I can I would go on my stories and and talk like this and be like happy and, and they're like I'd oh say, so you don't have it anymore <laughs> yeah and I would have to write back and be like no, actually I'm just in a very energetic mode right now. <laughs> yeah. Like this is my 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I just wasted all my energy yeah. on you <laughs> and now you're going to come at me and tell you, no, I'm not bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So where are you at now? I have lost track of what, how many days it's been. Yeah. I'm, I'm, sure you I'm have. nearing 40. Um, right now I, uh, the only medication I am on is something called Fioraset and it's for tension headaches. Um, it's, it, I get migraines and I actually haven't had any migraines during this. I've only had tension headaches. Um, and it's due to stress on, in my life and on my body. Mm -hmm. 
So I take that like every eight hours and okay. it does have caffeine in it, which is cool. Cause it like, yeah, causes me up for a little bit, <laughs> but then when it wears off, my head starts to hurt. Um, uh. right now I am using a nebulizer and an inhaler in the morning and at night. Um, the nebulizer makes me feel like trash. So after I use it, I have to like lay down for an hour and then I get up. Um, what I, I have developed asthma, I guess it was always an underlying exercise induced thing, but now I 100% have it. Oh gosh. I am not like, I'm not a healthy person. I cannot walk outside to my mailbox and come back in and feel fine. Um, I'm trying to do like yesterday I did my first breathing exercise thing with a friend. Um, and I was done. I did it for about 30 minutes and I was done for the rest of the night. I couldn't even get out of bed without feeling like, like, I don't even know how to just like, right after you have a a child, when you're just so, your body just is like done. Yep. Yeah. And that's exactly how I feel throughout the day here and there. I am still quarantined from the rest of the world until okay. I have three symptom-free days. Um, for most people, it's a fever, but unfortunately, because I have this cough, which starts out in the morning as dry, gets deeper throughout the day until I do a treatment, and then it gets better. It's like I have to have three days of without coughing, and then they'll test me again. The bad part about the coronavirus is that you can have one tiny molecule hanging on somewhere in your body. And if you do, then you have the chance of being tested positive again. Mm. So then they make you wait. I can't remember how long it is. I want to say one week or two weeks to get tested again. Oh my goodness. I am basically not allowed to leave my house until I have a negative test. My doctor would like to put me on steroids for my asthma. I was treated for a lung infection last week. Um, we are assuming it's cleared up. Um, she oh, liked gosh. to treat me for asthma, with steroids with asthma, but we can't because the our country is not recommending steroids as a treatment for anything when a patient has COVID just because it can set them back. And I have stayed out of the hospital, so we want to keep me out of the hospital. Yep. And um, there are other countries that are using steroids though, um, my doctor said, and mm-hmm. they're seeing progress with patients who are in the same boat as me. So it's kind of just an our every, every other day, day I talk to yeah. my doctor and every other day we talk, you know, we talk about the same thing. And oh my the only thing that's new right now is I got a therapist. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's so hard. I bet you can't wait to just go do stuff. Okay. I'm going to end it soon, but I want to say three things that you can't wait to do when all this is done. Uh, I'm going to (laughs) cry. Um, dance around the kitchen with my kids, you know, like pick them up and dance around. I can't wait to do that. Um, I can't wait to hug my family because Mm. my mom and my sisters and my brother, they've all dropped stuff off at the door. And all we can do is, you know, touch the window. And I can't wait to meet my nephew who was born. Oh, oh. Yeah. And I was supposed to be in the room with my sister when she was in labor. And I was so sick. And um, that, oh like, that's it. <laughs> I don't even care about going. Yeah. Anything else? Where else? <laughs> no, all the family. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I think everybody's missing 
family for sure. But those are huge, especially since you have it. And it's just way, the weight is way heavier on you. Yeah. Which means it's going to be that much sweeter and that much better when all this crap is over with. But we are going to continue to pray for you. Everybody who is listening, continue to pray for Caitlin. If you aren't, start. (laughs) And um, I'm going to also link your Instagram and your blog. But I do want to give you a few minutes to share what you're passionate about or working on so that we can stay posted with you. Sure. Um, So on my Instagram, you'll find my stories are very organic and raw. Just this is life as a mom. I do have some structured things here and there. Um, Right now, my focus is uh, trying to keep you entertained with different things. You know, obviously (laughs) Mother's Day is coming up. Maybe I'll throw a little humorous post in there. Um, Talking about my journey through this battling this virus. But that's always been like the purpose of my blog is the real life of a mom. So if I wasn't sick, you'd be seeing a lot of real life stuff. This is me teaching my kids at home. This is what my family did over the weekend. This is a struggle I'm going through as a woman, (laughs) not even just a mom. Um, And then, you know, your little fillers in there with some recipes and I don't know, some shows I'm enjoying. <laughs> <laughs> I love I it. It's, I promise it's interesting. It is. <laughs> I, I love it. I don't, I don't know if I sold myself very well. I like to dance a lot in my, like <laughs> I say the dancing things because you will find that in my stories and on my feed. Caitlin um, is very genuine, everybody. So that's why we connected because I only connect to the best. <laughs> But you really are. I've told you that from day one. You're one of my favorites, always will be. And I will link all the things. And thank you for opening up and just sharing all the hard stuff, the interesting, crazy coronavirus stuff, and just what you miss, what you're walking through, the trials, and even going deeper and talking to us about like where you're at with God. And we just so appreciate you taking the time and we'll be praying for you. And just thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.